Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. <laughs> Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Paul. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Paul. Hey, guys. What in the world? <laughs> Paul, I'm so excited to have you on. Do you mind giving a little intro about yourself for our listeners? Well, I'm not good at introducing myself. It's kind of weird. I um... How do you meet people then, if you don't introduce yourself? <laughs> I just say, I'm Paul. You say, hey, Gretchen, you need to introduce me to all these people. Uh, I'm so inf- Like the first time I met a cardinal on accident. I introduced myself as, um, I said, Hey bro, <laughs> I'm Paul. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm Paul. I live in Louisiana. I'm married to Gretchen. She's the most important thing. And then I have five kids that, uh, somehow <clears throat> raise up our food bill pretty much all the time. So, Oh my gosh. Are you used to saying five kids yet? Not really. Well, yeah. Cause I've been preparing myself for this. Our youngest is four months, but you know, I think God did the whole nine month thing before baby for guys. <laughs> I, I think girls are like more intuitive that stuff. They're like, yeah, I'm, I could have the baby tomorrow. And a guy's like, nah, I think I need nine months to prepare for this. <laughs> That's awesome. Cause honestly, God could have done it any way he wanted. Right. I mean, he could have just said, yeah, it's going to take a day. Totally. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have to be the nine month thing. Like, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. Am I the first dude on y'all's podcast? Cause I'm... no, we've had father parks on. Okay. And I think that's it. Great. So a short list. I like that. <laughs> You're number two after father parks. Cause I know y'all do a lot of women's stuff, which is great. And, and my wife did one of y'all's Bible studies over Lent and they loved it to death. So Gretchen's awesome. She's the best. Yeah. Hey, Paul. So I got some mail last week, surprisingly, from Ave Maria with a book by Mr. Paul George. Can you tell (laughs) us about it? Yeah, it's called Rethink Happiness. And it's got a cool cool little tagline, I think, on there. It says, uh, dare to embrace God and experience true joy. So that's really what it's about. That tagline kind of sums it up. But the word rethink, not to get too much into it, in the Greek, metanoia means conversion. So that that's where I got that that rethink idea. Just rethinking happiness. Like, what does it mean to really be happy? Not just like, you know, it's great weather, or I just made a lot of money, or I got a cool job. But really, what does it mean to really be happy? So the book unpacks that, hopefully, for people. And... Yeah, there it is. Mike opened up, my husband opened up the book right away. Because mm-hmm. we know you from previous lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, I feel yep. like it's... Y'all weren't it's even like, married. Right, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, it, yeah. you're so young and in love. Just kidding, we still are. <laughs> anyway, so he opened it up right away. And he he literally has never read a book in the entire time that I've known him. Mm-hmm. So it was just cool. Like he was just sitting on the couch reading your book and it was just, I don't know. He was quoting it. I put it on my Insta stories and people were loving it. So well done, Paul, you got Mike to open up a book. That's great. I love that. Tell geese that, uh, you know, when I was sitting down to write this thing, I was thinking of guys like him, you know, that's perfect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no. So it's, it, you know, it's people are saying, who's it for? I think it is, you know, kind of young adults and adults, 
but teens have, have read it and and like it. I, I just talked to a school. They're buying one for like their whole school for their whole school to read it. Wow. So that they're, they're kind of unpacking the message. I'm just like, whatever. It's all in God's hands. I, I, you know, whatever it is. So I sent my dad one. And if you read in the back of the book, I give a shout out to, you know, my parents and my kids and wife. But uh, he's he hasn't read a book. Uh, it's just not his thing. And he's going to read it, which is kind of cool. Kind of cool. It's so cool. Uh, that's amazing, Paul. It's a it's a super compelling topic to talk about happiness and what is true joy and what drives us and what makes life worth living. So I think you tapped into just a universal question and longing in people's lives. Well, I think that's it. I mean, honestly, like in, in all the work I've done and even in my own life, I share some personal stories. Everyone I meet, you know, there's not one person I've ever met that says, you know what, I want to be really unhappy when I grow up. Uh, right. No, no one says that everyone desires to be happy. It's part of our DNA. It's part of the way we're made and created. And the question then is what is happiness? How do we define it and, and where do we get it? So if we're created for it, we all want it. Then I think the, the, the search is endless if we don't find the source of where our happiness comes from. Mm. And so I really talk about that and, you know, use some, some times of, of deep searching and desolation in my own life as well mm -hmm. as stories of people I've, I've encountered along the way. It's so cool. I want to hear about how you and Beth know each other also. <laughs> so Beth Davis was a mentor of mine. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a, a new youth minister back in 1998. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, Beth was a high schooler and taught me how to be a youth minister, basically, through all my failures. She was like, it's going to be fine. You'll do fine. Oh, my gosh. Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, when I do think about it, you know, I was like 23 years old, 22 years old and in charge of a lot of kids, a lot, a lot of <laughs> a lot of young people. I was like, there's no I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, that all came to a climax when I took 100 young people at the age of 25 to Rome, Italy for World Youth Day 2000. And. You know, almost lost a few of them over there overseas. You know, a couple of them almost died eating raw meat and just crazy things. And Beth survived that adventure and she came out on top. Barely. I barely survived it. That seems <laughs> to be an amazing World Youth Day. I know so many people that went to that one in Rome. It really was. Yeah. Beth, we could share stories all day, but back in the horror stories that we had as, a, as travelers, <laughs> the, the adversity that we experienced like was just showered with the grace of what happened in Rome. And of course, John Paul II being there in the Jubilee year 2000 in Y2K when the world was going to end anyway. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I look back on that. I mean, it was, it was such a formative time for me. I mean, I'd already by this time, like encountered Christ and decided this is what I wanted to do. And you were a big part of that, Paul, but to go to Rome and really just feel, there was one moment in fact, where our small group leader walked with us, like right into the middle of St. Peter's square. And he like threw his arms open and kind of turned around and he just said, welcome home. Oh, that's cool. It was such a cool moment for me. It was like, I'm not just a tourist. Like, this is where I belong. This is mine, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's so many fun stories, great stories. Some that I probably can't share on air. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, 
the average person in our group lost 20 pounds that trip and that's not a lie uh, <laughs> we were so malnourished <laughs> everybody ran out of money uh, uh literally and <laughs> do you remember my that i had an asthma attack at the spanish steps yep yeah beth almost we almost lost her there <laughs> but anyway to loop all this back around a guy named matt marr wrote the forward in my book matt and i met Beth was a teenager uh, at the same church. He kind of mentions that whole experience, not Rome, but like just being out there together in the forward. And I thought it was kind of cool. He says, uh, when I was 23 years old, I was newly born again, Catholic, finishing a music degree at Arizona State University and working part-time at a Catholic parish in Mesa, Arizona. It was 1997. This, that summer I met Paul George. So it's just kind of cool that you'll mention that. And then, and then there it is. I figured that you tried to get me to write the forward, but Matt was second choice. Well, the way that this podcast is growing <laughs> and the fame that's happening over there, <laughs> you, you, my next book. <laughs> it also says on your bio on yeah. Ave Maria Press that you are a life coach. Yeah. I had no idea. I need you to be my life coach, Paul. I'm in. Great. So I, I meet, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings with with people, men, married people, millennials, and it just kind of evolved, you know, and it's kind of come become something. So that's awesome. It's just uh, I don't do that all the time, you know, because I'm traveling, speaking, and uh, doing some consulting work and ministry stuff. So, but it's it's been neat. It's been neat. God's that's cool, Paul. Just to get a little bit more history. So, did you go from being a youth minister straight into starting a door? How did a door kind of get born in your head? Yeah, that, you know, I was in youth ministry uh, for a, a while. And then I was working for Life Teen and their national office, kind of helping train youth ministers and start youth ministry in parishes. And uh, I just couldn't, I just had this burning desire to reach people who had fallen away from the church. Mm. It's kind of always been there even when i was in youth ministry i would i would always look for kids on the fringes but i started to know some trends that were happening in churches and and you know the decline of people going to church and and particularly with the with the young adult generation of course we know those numbers now and how horrific they are and so this idea to, to kind of uh launch some type of ministry that would parallel the church that would reach people who were marginalized, fallen away, disenchanted with the church. So that's where Adore came from. And we launched that in, in 2004 as an outreach. You know, people are always asking about like how to pray and how to discern. So I wonder if you could just share a little bit about any of those steps or anything that you've learned along the way as you've kind of discerned the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life and for your family too. Yeah, that's a great question, Beth, actually. And I get that a lot from just people. They're like, how do you discern? How do you pray? And, you know, I was actually, it's been so long since I've read my book or seen it because I sent it away and then it, and then it just magically comes back, you know, and it's been so long. And so I was sitting down and I was reading the last chapter. I was like, I didn't even realize I wrote this. And I talk about that. And I was learning from some of the things that I wrote just this whole idea of discernment and, and praying and how to just be with God and kind of just start there. 
so I talk about that in the last chapter of the book and I'm really thinking like the next project I need to work on is something along those lines of like, how do you follow God? How do you know what God wants? Sometimes it's super complicated and sometimes we overcomplicate it ourselves. you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think discernment's kind of one of those big things, but I, I really believe that when you just say, God, I, I want to do what you want. I desire what you desire for me, that God really just puts things in front of us, good things in front of us to choose. And when we can grow in that virtue of choosing the good, then knowing what's the better of the good becomes just a little easier. So discernment's obviously not choosing between something bad and something good. I mean, that's just good decision-making. That's being wise. But discernment is knowing, like, between two goods, what's the better of the good? You know, yeah. so do I do this job or that job? You know, do I move to this town or that town? Do I marry this person or that person? Do I do this ministry or that ministry? Do I volunteer here or there? Those are all pairing two goods. When we learn more how to pray, we get a sense of the invitation from God and what's the better good. Where are we most at peace? That is so cool and such a cool way to talk about discernment. I've never heard it explained like that. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So how are things going with you guys? Like, blessed is she, like I, you know, last time I was, I was with you guys, Gretchen, and I ran into you guys in LA at a conference and so great catching up with y'all, but just seeing like what God's, God's doing is, is so good. So good through blessed is she. Yeah. It's cool. I, I think in a lot of ways, maybe I'll speak for myself. I'm like, just kind of like hanging on for dear life. <laughs> like, just to, to follow God is, it's not always like a process of discernment, you know, like sometimes God just puts these opportunities in front of us, like you're saying, and, and we just follow him. So that's ended up being pretty incredible and a big adventure. Yep. Well, you, uh, Beth, you and I had kind of talked when you were discerning, leaving your youth ministry job, which you were in for a long time and invested in people and taking this step to blessed she and you kind of went through that process of discernment it's hard you know sometimes it's not easy but and it's scary sometimes god brings us to the edge of a cliff and asks us to jump you know and i often think about this is that a parachute never opens up unless we jump and air gets in it and if not it just stays there you know just packed in a backpack and i just find many times in my own life when i'm not truly living what God wants. I'm just carrying around a parachute with no air. And, uh, I think most people are walking around and desire to jump and live the life with air in their parachute. And they're just afraid. Okay. You know what? I love this because it's so true. I mean, whether we open it or not, we do have a parachute on. And I find that when I'm not jumping, I'm bored. Yeah. I'm, I'm bored in my relationship with Christ. I'm I'm bored in like the mundane of every day, like mm -hmm. taking the the risks, even when they don't make a ton of sense and just being in it with the Lord, not even in major life decisions, but just daily discerning his movement and listening for his voice in conversations and taking opportunities as they come in the moment. That's exciting. It is exciting. Life's an adventure needs to be lived. And I'm learning that more and more in my own life. And, you know, I was talking to a bunch of business people through the Logatus ministry and 
you know, all of them are super successful, but they still desire to live life with real meaning, you know? And I, I just talked about for them, encouraging all of us that, you know, when our gifts meet a mission, we find our purpose. And that has nothing to do with, with money or popularity or success. It has everything to do with the small gift that God gives us, putting a sense of mission to it. That's when we find complete and total purpose. And that's what I want to encourage people to do. That's what really puts air in our parachute when we are living our life that's no longer for ourselves, but for others, whether it be volunteering, whether it be doing work that, that impacts people, whatever it is. When we don't have that, like you said, Beth, we're bored. Plain and simply. I love that about mission. That was good. You should write a book, Paul. I should. Maybe <laughs> that'll be my next one. There you go. Because I don't have anything else to do, right? <laughs> um, Paul, what do you say to the person who is kind of in that mundane time of life? I think it's great that you mentioned volunteering because I think that is something that each of us really can do wherever we are in life. But to that person that's just like, I can't tap into what the Lord's saying to me. I... I don't hear him in prayer. I don't feel him or I'm not going to change my career or move cities or whatever. Like this is just what my life is. So how do I make the best of just like they feel blah about it? How do I make the best of this? Yeah. I mean, I think we can, you know, a lot of people go to their work and they don't feel like they have a purpose, but maybe they're looking at their work the wrong way. Like maybe God has them in that work or that situation to make a difference in people's lives or someone. And and if they flipped it on its head and, mm. and begin to say like, well, then God, like, uh, you know, I don't have a job where I'm like, I'm flying to the moon. It's really cool. But I go to work every day and that paycheck provides for my family and it helps. And, but wh- how do you want to use me? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. So, so we can be in those situations and just turn it all around on itself and find purpose in it. Or, you know, I'm not super great at doing this, but I can volunteer with homeless people or special needs people at my church or, and that can really give me a sense of purpose. So I I just think like we got, we got to, you know, maybe stop, you know, thinking that we need to be famous to have purpose, please everyone, you know, and if we could just be faithful and love, love people, I definitely believe that we'll find purpose in our life. Who's someone that kind of is that model for you in your life? Like, like people that I just know they're living that type of life. Gosh, there's, there's just so many people I admire who, who in the everyday are just, you know, doing great things, you know, I had a doctor friend who, um, you know, and everybody says, Oh, a doctor, you know, they do so well. And, it had nothing to do with any of that. He, he just started, he's an oncologist and he's just started praying over his patients. Wow. And, you know, he started finding God's purpose in his work that, that as an oncologist, people who are dealing with cancer, seeing people die a lot. He, he was struggling with like how heavy it was. And then he found a greater purpose in it. So stories like that, when I hear things like that, I'm just like, yes, Yes, that's what I want to be about. I want to be about just people, you know, all the time. And I was meeting with a football coach and uh, he was saying that half his half his kids go home and they don't have any food to eat on his football team. And how uh, he just uh, donates all his time and money that he can to, like, you know, fix some sandwiches before they go home. And I'm just thinking that's that's what I want to be about. 
like you know what I'm saying. Like nobody's gonna know this guy. He's never gonna speak on a stage, but their their kids going home with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's all they have that day, and I love it. So whatever you can do, just do it. Like stop sitting around, jump off, let air just get underneath your parachute, and you're gonna experience the life that God really wants. So good. Okay, Beth, should we end in prayer? Yeah, let's pray in the name of the Father of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. God, thank you for um, the gift of this life, the invitation into deeper and richer life with you. I pray that you would uh, stir up in us our gifts and our mission and our call, God, that um, we would experience true life and joy and purpose in you and with you. I pray that you would um, walk intimately with each and every person listening, that you would lean in God to um, hear their heart and their desires. And above all, Lord, that you would just accompany us on the way. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on The Gathering Place. You guys rock. I'm I'm so I'm so excited. Seriously, the short list of uh men who have broken through on Blessed Sheep. <laughs> okay, broken through. Get real. Yes. I love it. Paul, thanks, buddy. We'll talk yeah. to you soon. All right, guys. You're Tell Gretchen hi. I will. Keep it up. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.